We're live, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter, everybody. I have so many Reese's eggs. I'm so happy. <laughs> Good morning, church. This is our new way to stream live. It's uh, exciting that we get to do it with multiple faces. We're going to have our service this morning with uh, Paul opening up and worship and outreach and it'll be from three different homes during this COVID-19 quarantine but uh, it's exciting to get to do this and have fun like a turning of the head to talk to each other like Brady Bunch or yeah, good morning, church. Morning. That's great. Well, Paul, will you open us up, brother? Sure will. Good morning, church. It is great uh, to have all of you join us on this Easter Sunday. Uh, the Allen family would like to say happy Easter to you guys. And uh, we're so glad that you are joining us this morning on this incredible day where we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior and Lord. So what we want to do to open up our service this morning is to do something that uh, throughout history of the church, uh, it has been a tradition on this day where the pastor uh, would stand up and he would declare, he is risen and the church would respond with, he is risen indeed. And so right where we are from your own home, uh, can we do that together this, mor this morning? So I'm going to say, he is risen, and you are going to respond, he is risen indeed. Are we ready? Here we go. He is risen. He has risen indeed. He has risen indeed. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Let's do it one more time. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Amen. We are so grateful that we have a living and risen God who loves us, who died for us. And three days he rose again uh, to conquer not only sin, but the power of sin. And so that is what we celebrate together on this day. As we get started this morning, just two quick announcements that we want you to be aware of uh, in the life of our church. The first one is this, is that if you are looking to stay connected, we have community groups. 
And uh, we would just say, hey, this is an opportunity for you uh, to stay connected. If you have a need, if you have something that you need prayer for or something that you need help with, uh, we would just encourage you that community groups is a way to do that. If you're watching here and you've been coming to the gathering and you're saying, I'm not really a part of a community group right now, uh, we would encourage you to reach out to us. We would love to care for you, to shepherd you, uh, and to make sure um, that you are being prayed, prayed for and cared for during this very strange uh, and difficult time. Uh, and so we hope that you and your family are doing well, uh, that everyone's healthy and strong, that spirits are up. And boy, what on a day like today, we can lift up our spirits. Our heads can be lifted up because we have a risen king uh, who did all of that for you and for me. The second announcement that I just wanted you to be aware of uh, several months ago, we decided that we were going to begin to do uh, monthly gatherings in home of our students, uh, ages eight and up. And obviously, we're, again, in a very strange time, and we're not able to come together uh, in homes. But we want to continue uh, the schedule that we had set out to do. And so this Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we are going to be having a Zoom call for all students ages 8 and up. This is going to be a fun time. We're going to have some trivia. trivia. Oh, did you oh, say Wednesday night? What's that, Mike? Did you, did you say this Wednesday night? I said this Wednesday night. For the youth. For the youth, yes. I just wanted to make sure and take advantage of this new technology. I I love that you did that. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, great. Hi, Joe. Hey guys, I, I couldn't hear you. Could you repeat what day of the week that is? <laughs> that is Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Zoom. We try a high five on that one, Paul? And what are the ages, Paul? Like I'm 39, can I take part yes. in that, Paul? Hmm? Yeah, the ages are eight and up. Ah, okay. Eight, eight and up, yeah. So uh, it's going to be a great time. We're going to have virtual pizza together, um, some trivia, um, and then an encouraging time in the Word. So it's going to be great. Paul, great job. I mean, just with all Christian seriousness, kindness, and gentleness, that camera angle is really capturing your good <laughs> <laughs> I need all the help that I can get. Let me tell you what. <laughs> hey, I want to encourage uh, us as we continue in our time this morning from Psalm chapter 40. Verses 1 to 3 says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and he set my feet upon a rock. He put a new song in my mouth, 
a song of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. You know, as I read those verses this week, I love verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. We are going through a very challenging time, a very difficult time, where a lot of us are probably tired and weary, and we're just kind of asking a lot of questions like, hey, when is this difficult season going to be done? But I want to just encourage us this morning on this Resurrection Sunday that God is doing something among us. He is bringing revival to our country. He's bringing revival to hearts. He's doing an inner work inside of us. And so as David has said, he put a new song in my mouth. On this day where we celebrate the resurrection, the beginning of new things, of new life, I wonder what that new song will be for you and for me. When this is all said and done, when when we can someday, hopefully soon, uh, get back to uh, coming together as a church, I, I wonder what that new song will be. I wonder what songs we will be singing to the Lord, songs of remembrance, songs of of the things that he has done in our lives. And so would you just latch on to those words and to that idea of God, I know you want to do something new in me through this time. Just allow him to do it. So I would love to pray for us and we are going to continue and I'm going to pass it along to Joe and he's going to lead us into some time of worship and praise to our risen King. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you today. And we declare that you are the risen King. That you uh, willingly went to the cross. You willingly gave up your life. In three days, you rose victorious. You conquered sin. You conquered death. And you also conquered the power of sin and death. And today, in 2020, we can stand as the church and declare that uh, in the midst of a very difficult time, in the midst of a chaotic world, that you are on your throne, you are victorious, and you are king. And you want to bring that same resurrection life. You want us to experience that today. And so I pray today in a fresh and anew that we would experience you, that we would experience the life and the hope that you have given us. And not just for us, God, but I pray that that, that we in some way and somehow you would allow us to share this resurrection hope, this life with those around us. So Lord, we love you today. I pray that as we sing to you, that you would inhabit the praises uh, of your people. God, we love you today. We praise you. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Joe, would you lead us this morning? Thanks, Paul. We're a couple of songs together this morning. Uh, the lyrics are on the website if you want to follow along through using those. I think it shows it here on the screen. 
Uh, we're going to start with a song that might not be a typical Easter morning uh, Sunday song, but I am set free. And we're going to start with the bridge of this song. So if you're following along with uh, with lyric sheets, we're going to start there. Talks about how uh, it says, yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. And I think when we celebrate Easter together, um, collectively here online, um, the starting point of gratefulness, the starting point of thank Thanksgiving as we uh, celebrate the risen Lord. So let's start there this morning. And yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. Yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. Yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. Yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. Cause I am set free, oh, oh, oh. I am set free, oh, oh, oh. it is so free. I am set free, oh, 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 I am set free, oh, 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 it is so free, oh, that I am set free. You broke my chain. Of sin and shame, and you covered me with grace. You mend my life, your holy fire. You cover me with grace. You are the hand that reaches out to save. I am set free. Oh, 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 I am set free. Oh, 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 it is so freedom that I am set free. Sing, yes, Lord, we are grateful. And yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. And yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your love. And yes, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and for your Yes, Lord, we are grateful for 
I am set free, oh, 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 oh. I am set free, oh, oh, oh. And it is for freedom that I am set free. Listen, we are set free. Because we are set free, oh, oh, oh. We are set free, oh, oh, oh. It is for freedom that we are set free. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise, O oh Lord, O oh Lord our God. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and could drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still and all alone. Praise his name. 
but we are excited to be celebrating our king, our risen king, who defeated death, who took our place. And as we celebrate Easter together this morning in different places, uh, let's uh, close with this song before uh, Mike brings a message this morning. And it's a song of celebration, praise the king, and uh, just love some of the lyrics as they apply to Easter and what we're doing this morning. Uh, praise the king, he is risen. Praise the king, he's alive. And I love the, uh, the verses that talk about the reason why the curse of sin is broken. There's a reason why the darkness runs from light. Uh, there's a reason why we stand here now forgiven. Jesus is alive. The reason for all those things, the freedom we have, uh, the curse of sin being broken, the darkness running from light. Uh, we stand here now. We sit here now forgiven because Jesus is alive.
know he's alive. Praise the King, he is risen. Praise the King, he's alive. Praise the King, death is defeated. Hallelujah, he's alive. Hallelujah, he's alive. The grave could not ignore all of heaven's roaring. Hell, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Will could not ignore all the saints are roaring. Hell, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The grave could not ignore. All of heaven's roaring, hell, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Will could not ignore. All the saints are roaring, hell, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Praise King, he is written. Praise the King, he's alive. Praise the King, death's defeated. Hallelujah, he's alive. Praise the King. Praise the King, he is written. Praise the King, he's alive. Praise King, death's defeated. Hallelujah, he's alive. Hallelujah, he's alive. Sing up, you're alive. Hallelujah, you're alive. Hallelujah, you're alive. Dear God, we thank you this morning that you're risen, God, that you took our place. God, as we celebrate Easter together, God, may we start with a, a place of gratefulness, place of thanksgiving, knowing the price that's paid that only you could pay, God, that uh, there's no amount of work or effort or uh, perfection we could attain, God, but that you, as the perfect sacrifice, took our place. And we're grateful this morning, God, for all that you've done for us. God, I pray this morning a blessing over the message. May this be a special Sunday for all of us as we think of the special work you've done for our lives and in our lives, God. We give you this time. We pray in your name. Amen. Mike, I'm going to hand it over to you as you bring the message this morning. Hey, Mike, there we go. There we go. All right, I'll unmute myself here. Thanks for leading us, Joe. Hey Joe, just to put you on the spot, what's your uh, what's your favorite Easter hymn, man? Boy, I think Jesus paid it all. Really? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Cool. Has that been meaningful for you this Easter? Yeah, um, it has. It's it's interesting how songs kind of um, come to the top and then they'll disappear yeah. for a while and they'll come to the top again. And I think you know, as we all face this season with um, COVID-19 and just the uncertainty and the fear that it can cause, 
there's sometimes reminders that come to my heart or mind of God bringing peace or of uh, focusing on the things that matter, um, the things that maybe like in this season, just a lot of verses and songs on how God helps us with fear or anxiety, you know, just in the, the place we're in and how sometimes we our needs can change a little bit in, in what uh, we need to focus on or what God gives us. That's great, man. Thanks for sharing. Sure. There we go. Well, good morning. Uh, if you are uh, just looking on Facebook Live with us, uh, we just welcome you again. Um, and glad you're here. If you're scrolling through your phone, we'd just encourage you to, to go ahead and stop right now because we're going to be talking about the good news of Jesus. And um, if you've never heard that, or even if you don't um, know the Lord, never have placed your faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ, um, if you don't know where you're spending eternity, stop that scrolling and join us uh, so that we, you can hear the story of Jesus. Um, I've been a Christian for a number of years, and I'm still learning about the resurrection. I'm still learning and growing in my understanding and worship of, of what it means, that, of the truth that Jesus Christ uh, raised from the dead. And so I just, I invite you now, um, church family and those who are with us right now, that let's let's read the story from the scriptures and let's... Um, Let's just really use this time to be impacted. Um, it, again, if you've never, um, if, you've never, if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, uh, we're going to be in a book uh, in the Bible called the Gospel of John. It's uh, far to the right, uh, kind of in the middle-ish. And um, this guy, John, followed Jesus for a while. And um, he was called the Beloved Disciple. And he wrote this whole book um, so that you would believe. And so I pray that as a result of you joining with us this morning, that you would believe. And it says that you would have life in his name. Um, so let's, let's go there. Let's, let's go to the scene um, right after Jesus rose from the dead. I'm in John chapter 20. Uh, the, it was the first day of the week, friends. Um, this woman named Mary Magdalene. Uh, she came to the tomb early and she saw that the stone that was covering the tomb was rolled away. It was blown off and, and far away. And she looked at it and she gazed up upon this, this empty tomb. She ran and she told two disciples, Peter and John, and uh, they ran to the tomb. And according to John, they looked inside it and they saw all these linen cloths, but no body. Mary, she stood outside the tomb, just weeping. And then two angels looked at her and spoke to her. And they said, Mary, why are you weeping? And then catch this. Mary looks at Jesus himself. And Jesus says, Mary, why are you weeping? And so she runs and she tells all the disciples. And uh, guess what? The disciples, they heard the news and they went into a room and they locked the doors and they were on quarantine. Isn't that wild? I mean, I've never used that word before teaching this text, but it seems so appropriate. After the resurrection, Jesus' followers 
were at a stay-at-home mandate. They were quarantined. And their condition of their hearts, where they were, they were fearful. And so uh, this morning, I'm just going to put up a little, a little title here so we can all remember it. The message of today's sermon, Easter, April 12th, 2020, is Jesus' message to the quarantine from the book of John, chapter 20. And we're going to spend all our time in verses 19 through 23. If you haven't uh, grabbed your Bibles yet, go ahead, grab them off your coffee table and open up with me. Um, while you're flipping to those pages, there'll be three notes or three points today. The first one is just the condition of the quarantine. And we're going to see how these disciples, when they were sitting in this room together, they were really fearful. And then uh, point two, we're going to see how Jesus comes in and he stands among them. And then he speaks two beautiful truths to them. The first one is that he says, I'm going to give you shalom. I'm going to give you peace. And we're going to talk about what that means. And then he says, I'm going to send you. Those were two big things that Jesus said in this room that evening. So let's go ahead and start with point one, uh, the condition of the quarantined. And I'll start reading in verse 19. Would you meet me there? Verse 19, on the evening of that day, that day meaning the resurrection day, the, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. All right, let's just stop there. So John tells us about where they are physically. They're locked in a room and they're quarantined, but he also tells us how they're doing spiritually. Jesus's followers were afraid. And friends, this is exactly where we are at as a church, as a community, as all nations, the whole globe is on shutdown during this COVID-19 time. And so I'm just going to ask you, I wonder this morning, do you identify with the disciples spiritually? Certainly these times um, are a legitimate time to have some fear. I just want to identify with all of you. It's easy to be fearful right now. Uh, for instance, yesterday, I put gas in my car and I, I touched the gas pump. And then I, I looked at my phone while I was, I was pumping gas. And then I took the keys out of my pocket to start up the car after I put the gas pump back in and paid for it and everything. And it turned on the car and I touched the steering wheel. And all of a sudden, I, I was like, was I just reckless? Did I just uh, act like in a, in a non-thoughtful way? And, and fear struck my heart. How many people do you think touched that gas pump? And where's this hand sanitizer, right? And so I was, all those things were going through my mind when I was just pumping gas. But if we could like peel back the layers even deeper, I think we could all be honest about our fears during this time. Like, am I going to be okay? Will this virus take me? Will this virus take my, my wife, my kids? Uh, if my parents go to the grocery store, are they going to be okay? Like, what if I lose my job? Or for, for some, they're saying, will I get my job back? And what will happen in the future? Will I lose my home? And what will life look like 
because of these times, I've got to guess that we're all asking and thinking those questions. There's legitimate circumstances for fear. The disciples, too, were fearful for their very lives. They were on lockdown. So let's see what the Lord does. Let's, let's watch him, how he enters the room and speaks right into this situation. Let's read, um, continuing on. Watch how Jesus, point number two, gives, him, gives them shalom, gives them peace. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Verse 20, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Isn't that great? Hey, let your eyes just go to the first few words uh, that I read. And Jesus came and stood among them. Friends, this is our Lord. This is what he does. He enters into the mess. He sees our fears and pursues us. He draws near. He enters into the situation. He shows up. He speaks into the fears. That's what he does. That's our Jesus. He's not this distant savior that stands far and and just watches things progress. Any situation that his followers are going through They can count on Jesus stepping in and going through it with them. They can count on Jesus having a ministry of presence. Let me hear it. Amen. That is significant. By the way, do you need that? Did you need to hear that this morning? That Jesus steps into our lives and speaks into our fears? Have you stood on that promise lately? Have you... Have you invited him into your situation, into your fears? You don't have to lock the doors of your fears. He wants to enter in. And watch what he says. Ready? Peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you is a typical greeting during those times. Um, It's similar to shalom in Hebrew. But really, friends, I don't, I don't want you to think that Jesus just entered this room uh, after the most significant event in history and gave this casual, typical greeting like, hey, how you doing, guys? What's up? Right? Like that was far from it. This meaning of peace, shalom, is significant that has deep roots to it. Let's study it a little bit together. So here's four things coming your way that are about peace. And if you're taking notes, let's just jot them down together, okay? Here's four things. Number one, about peace. Jesus gives peace that helps our troubled hearts. I'll say it again. Jesus gives peace that helps our troubled hearts. So if we're gonna stay within the book of John, a couple chapters earlier in chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So brothers and sisters in a world that craves 
practical and the seen, sometimes Jesus seems impractical. But he alone is the answer for our troubled hearts. And he gives peace. If your heart is troubled, you need to run to Jesus. Number two, about peace. God doesn't take away hardship when he gives you peace. Number two, God doesn't take away hardship when he gives you peace. Uh, uh, Just two chapters later, John 16, verse 33, he said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So this truth is often dismissed in Christendom. God promises tribulation. But also he promises himself, the Prince of Peace, to walk with you through your tribulation, through your trials, through your suffering. This is where we often go wrong as believers. This is where I often go wrong. As soon as trials come, as soon as hardships come, we pray that they would go away. Like, just be gone. I just want them over with. Like, just, I just want them done. And then we, we search for peace by just striving for methods of distraction or escapism. We don't want to deal with it. But this is not what Jesus did. His journey to the cross involved suffering and pain. He beat sin and death when he rose again. And this is the same power that is at work in you today. Number three, peace with God comes through Jesus. Peace with God comes through Jesus. I'll read Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this speaks to the deepest fear that some of you have during this virus time right now. Maybe you're listening and you're saying deep down in your heart, my heart is troubled because I am not in right standing with the Lord. I don't know God. I've never placed my faith and trust in him. And if I die, I don't know where I would spend eternity. Peace peace that God provides comes through a narrow way, and that is through Jesus Christ. This is the good news of the gospel. That is, when you believe in Jesus, when you believe that he is the son of God, and the only way to find forgiveness from God the Father Jesus' work on the cross is applied to you. It covers you from the wrath of God so that you would stand complete, or or in, in biblical terms, that you would be atoned for and you would have peace with God. Believing, friends, is counting the cost of following Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then turning from, repenting from your sins and asking him by faith, to change you. And if that is way overly theological for you, it just might sound like this. Dear Lord, I I need your forgiveness. I I messed up. I 
I'm a mess. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and his death on the cross. And thank you that he beat death and, and won, that he rose from the grave. And so I, I'm done with this. I, I repent of my sin. I, I need you, God. That's what it sounds like to give your life to the Lord and, and become a Christian. You need to believe. You must be born again. Let's go to the fourth one on peace. And that'll be our last one for this little portion. Number four, God's peace has the ability to guard. God's peace has the ability to guard. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? That last truth is beautiful. It doesn't just save you for a future day. Like, uh, be at peace because then you'll know where you're going when you die. But the peace of God is an active agent that works in your mind and in your heart while you're living. It guards you. So when you have trials, when your heart is troubled, you can ask God and God's peace will guard you in and through it. Isn't that awesome? Like that's something to get excited about. It's beautiful. Hey, let's go back to John 20 and let's watch the disciples' reaction to this, okay? So Jesus says, peace be with you, okay? And, and I'll pick it up in verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, John notes, peace be with you as the father has sent me. Even so I am sending you. So notice how the word peace, how Jesus greets them twice with peace. And then make note that there's something special in the middle. If he says peace on the front end and peace on the back end, what happens in the middle that is significant? Or here's, here's the more theological question, ready? What truth can comfort the troubled and fearful soul? Like what sort of action can Jesus do to support his words to provide peace for his followers? Watch this. The answer? the validation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's gonna validate to them that he rose again. Verse 20, and when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Luke records, uh, the Gospel of Luke, another book in the Bible, Luke records that the disciples were frightened at first when they saw Jesus. And I mean, just to pause right there, wouldn't you be too? I mean, that brother just passed through the door like he just he just walked through it i mean that would frighten me um mark mark made sure to let us know that the doors were locked right and so too john like the doors were locked and he didn't say and jesus unlocked him that dude walked right through i mean this is the power of his newly resurrected body in here and it's fun to just think through and dwell on it for a second so let's just take a little side note okay when we die, when we die, the Bible tells us that if we are in Christ, if we have believed that we will receive a new body. 
we don't know much about our abilities uh, in this new, new bodily form, uh, but John the disciple tells us that we will be made like him. That's what he says verbatim, and we will be like him, okay? So like him in our new bodies means Jesus's resurrected body, okay? So Jesus, when he, when he rose from the grave and appeared to his disciples, he wasn't a ghost, he wasn't a spirit, uh, but his body had substantial form. I mean, they recognized him. There was, there was continuity in his shape and form and appearance from pre-cross till post-grave. They recognized him. But Jesus walked through walls, right? And so I think it's fun to think, and this isn't the emphasis of the text or whatever, but uh, I think I think we might be able to walk through walls when we receive our resurrected body. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but when his disciples, okay, when his disciples saw his hands and his feet and, and his side, watch how their attitudes change, okay? Their attitudes went from fear, as we see in the book of Luke, to now we're in the book of John. Gladness. They were glad. They were glad because their teacher, their savior, had risen from the dead. He beat death. He, he, we no longer are in our sin. We don't have to stay there. He rose from the grave. He, he, no power of hell or scheme of man can pluck me from like his hand. It's true. Like everything he said is validated now. Like uh, our faith is not futile anymore. Our faith is built upon a God who is true to his word, who raised his son from the dead and who holds to his promises, who displays his loving kindness towards us through his son, Jesus, who is the God man, right? This, this guy that, who raised from the dead, he's real. It's a real story, a real God who came down in real time, in history, in real space and died a real death and raised again and appeared to many to give witness of this fact, of this truth. And as a result, our hearts can be glad and our whole attitude can be changed and we can have peace. As your pastor, it would do my heart so well to hear you this week say something like this. Hey, Mike, I was, I was fearful about this or that. I was freaking out, but, but, but as a result of the truth of the resurrection, this week, it guarded my heart and my mind. I didn't have to stay in that fear because I could cling to the truth of Jesus and what he did on the cross and how he rose from the dead. Amen? Let me just speak to this, though. This isn't just some therapeutic message, this therapeutic gospel that, that, that gives warm fuzzies. It really does help the believer walk through the storms of life. This gospel really does go down to the depths of our heart and our mind, and it really does change us from within. But it was never meant to stay in. It was never meant to just stay there and to be consumed as an individual. He wanted to get this gospel message out to the ends of the earth, 
to the lives of others, to your neighbors, to your friends, to your classmates, to your coworkers. He wanted this to get out to everyone. He gave you peace and then he sent you away with it. That's why Jesus sends you. He gives you peace and then he sends you out. So Jesus' message to the quarantine provides shalom in the present, but he also says, I'm sending you. Let's read it again. This is point three. I'm sending you. Uh, Verse 21b. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So Jesus said that he's going to send them out. And notice, just just for teaching's sake and understanding's sake, notice what he didn't say. Notice what he didn't address. He didn't go back and address their fears. He didn't go back and say, hey, you who are afraid of the Jewish leaders of the Jewish council who are threatening your life, before I send you, I'm going to take them away. He didn't take away the threat. He didn't take away the risk. He sent them and he sent them with a person, the Holy Spirit. He's sending them. But what is the alternative? What do I mean? Well, the gospel, uh, the uh, the apostle Paul said um, in 1 Corinthians 15, when talking about the resurrection and the truth of it and the implications of it, he said, if the resurrection is not true, then just go on and and eat and drink uh, for tomorrow we die. Do you remember that verse? What does that mean? It's not a verse that just gives license to drunkenness and gluttony. Just, just, just drink a lot and eat a lot. Rather, I think it means to go on living the normal patterns of your life as if nothing happened. Like, like eat. Of course, you're a human. You, you'll get hungry. Just, just make meals and enjoy the food and just and and, and eat. And drink, yeah, that's the human uh, experience. You're going to get thirsty, so just so drink. And then uh, at some point, you'll die. And there's no meaning. There's no, there's no purpose. Just go on living normally. Work and cut the grass and hang pictures on the wall and travel and buy knickknacks when you travel. Put them on the shelf. Just live normally. But if the resurrection is indeed true, then our faith is not meaningless. So then live radically for Jesus. Not a normal life, but a life that loses itself for him and the message of the gospel so that you'll find it. For some, COVID-19 has humbled you and shown you that life is is fragile and short. And for some, COVID-19 really has given you opportunity to pause and evaluate your life. We're all home for a reason. We're broadcasting out of the Newman home. It's a joy to welcome you you, uh, into our home on Easter Sunday. 
to celebrate the risen Lord. I think the Lord would just have us summarize our, our time together with these two things. Let's just close with this. Jesus wants you to know two things. Number one, have peace. So this time, this quarantine time, pursue contentment in him. Find your heart satisfied in God. Drink deeply of the well, the living water. Know him peace. And number two, know that you are sent. Know that you are sent. Live your life on mission for Christ. Ask God to use you during this time of quarantine to advance his kingdom. Just as God has sent the son Jesus and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, so too he sends you out in the world. Live out your identity in God, and you will experience Jesus like no other during this time and in the times to come. We love you, we're praying for you, and we're so delighted to be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have a great day.